Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Xbox Two. I'm one of your hosts, Randall Thor 19, and with me, as always, the one and only, the guy who will be proclaiming he was right, Jez Corn. What's <laughs> going on, Jez? Uh, feeling pretty good, man. How are you? I got I got some coffee. Can you can you hear? Yeah. So no I'm, no alcohol today though. No alcohol. I'm 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 stockpiling alcohol for Sea of Thieves right now. I've got vodka that's got a skull on the bottle. I've got some. I'm gonna buy some Kraken rum to go with the the, the skull vodka or vodka as it's called in Germany apparently. And um, yeah. So all my alcohol will be Sea of Thieves fueled. In in a couple of weeks, or oh no, not even a couple of weeks, or is it? A couple, yeah, it's a couple of weeks. Thirteen days. Yeah, thirteen, 13 days. days until you. Hopefully not sale. thirteen days for me. Well, yeah, I mean review. Co- I want. I'm kind of curious how they're going to handle review copies for Sea of Thieves. Are they going to um, go the Destiny approach and be like reviewers and everybody plays it the same day, or are they going to make sure that certain outlets have their reviews ready to go beforehand? I would hope that they're going to do some kind of review program but at the same time it's a it's a live game so it requires populated servers so either what they'll do is um they'll do kind of like what they did for gears of war reviews where they had like these developer sessions which were specifically set up to make sure the servers were populated for multiplayer and stuff um well they might just think screw it we don't need reviews let's just wait let them all wait until the day the day yeah. happens, which I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. I don't. I wouldn't mind because um, that'd be more, that'd be a more true experience when all the servers are full. So, or is it really? I mean, I don't know. I mean, from what I was reading, the servers aren't like each instance of the game not going to have that many like people you can run into. Maybe like four different teams. Well, so, it, the it's not. The thing you got to think of Sea of Thieves in a different way. It's not like it's not like servers in the traditional sense, as as in you're in the same server with the same amount of people. Ships ships will enter your instance and leave your instance all the time. It's it, they calculate basically what they want is they want you to be able to see a ship every fifteen to thirty minutes. That's that was the plan. So. Um, in theory, ships will phase into your game every 15 to 30 minutes. Man, you know what? We, we didn't even have Sea of Thieves on the show notes, and you just want to talk about it. I do. I, I'm missing it, actually. I'm kind of missing it. Well, I, was, um, I was doing a... I was talking to my contest, our contest team today because we're doing a Sea of Thieves Xbox One X giveaway on Windows Central right now where you can win the Sea of Thieves controller, Sea of Thieves game, and an Xbox One X on Windows Central. Sorry, that's a quick plug. But after that, we're also going to do a Sea of Thieves controller giveaway, a Sea of Thieves controller stand giveaway with the controller, and also a Sea of Thieves laptop bag giveaway uh, because Rare sent me an extra one, which is Ooh. really awesome. So I'm, I'm in a Sea of Thieves mood, but this podcast not about Sea of Thieves. Though. Not yet, at least. Uh, tune tune in about. later on when we ever talk about the game when we review it or whatever. Either way. Uh, I figured I'd run down the announcements or at least the show notes that we're going to be talking about. So obviously the big story today is that uh, State of K2's price and date was revealed. I did a video about it, but today we're going to be talking about, oh, Jez, how right you were. 
Does it feel good to be vindicated on the internet streets, on Twitter, and on Reset Era and Reddit? People were calling me nasty names. They were like, Jez doesn't know anything. (laughs) Well, you were right as well, uh, predicting the the launch day. That's right. I did. Two for two, man. Two for two. We'll all talk about that. Um, Say the K2 price and date. I got a Nintendo Switch, and I'm sure Jez is ready to give me crap for it so i'll go over my impressions of my one day <laughs> my one day use of it because yesterday was uh i had to write a paper so that took the majority of the day and i still not done and this paper's due in three hours i gotta like add my bibliography uh or my work cited soon so yeah um what else hellblade rumored to become an xbox and we're talking about that and a few other you know things we may talk about here so as always uh mr mr jez I don't even know what, what I'm going to ask you what you've been playing, but maybe you're just going to say World of Warcraft or you've been sitting there just no. thinking about Sea of Thieves dude, or dude, what? I haven't I haven't played World of Warcraft for about 2 or 3 weeks now, which is weird because I got so addicted to that game and you know what snapped me out of it? What slapped me out of my World of Warcraft addiction? What? Monster Hunter Bloody World. Oh yeah, I do see you posting about that game. I can't stop playing Monster Hunter World. I get, I'm so addicted to this game. There is so much to do, and the grind is so satisfying. It's like, it's kind of, it kind of, it's like Destiny in a way, but oh, great. Well, yeah, great. Fun. <laughs> so it's like oh. Destiny, but fun. Yeah. So, like, in the sense that it's a, it's a co-op heavy game set in these open world ish hubs, and you fight monsters and stuff. And uh, I'm playing it. You haven't played Monster Hunter World yet, right? No. I keep on telling you I own it, and I have no intention of ever playing it. You're you're an you're an idiot, Rand. You're I know. Fool. I've been told this. I've been told that you should go read the comments section on my Switch video. There are plenty of people in there telling me uh, that uh, I am an idiot. <laughs> so yeah, you're not the first person to say that, and you won't be the last. Rand, you have to play this game, and like. Find a friend who wants to play Monster Hunter World in your time zone. I would love to play Monster Hunter World with you, but it just doesn't seem like our time zones are going to let that happen. But it's just so addictive. the The combat is so fun. There's like every, I've been playing it for weeks, and I'm still discovering new stuff. My I'm not that high level though. I'm like level fifteen or something. My brother's level forty, but there are people who are like level ninety nine already, and um. And they're dropping DLC soon. Giant T-Rex type monster. And mm. free DLC and new monsters to kill. Like hundreds and hundreds of weapons to unlock. Hundreds of different types of armor to upgrade. It's like everything I'd hoped Destiny could be. And more. So mm. it's, it's a weird comparison to make. But I just mean like the grinding stuff. The killing bosses. The co-op with friends. The live service they've done everything that destiny wanted to do and done it better and i'm playing i'm playing the game with a with a bow gun which is kind of like a gun so i'm playing it like a shooter like a gears of war style uh third person shooter i just love it man i just absolutely love this game and uh also i've been playing months uh surviving mars for the review next week i can talk a bit more about surviving mars now because the preview embargo is lifted really quickly i gotta I got to give a shout out to Fallout 3476v2 who 
super chatted two pounds and said, Randall Thor 19 took the easy way in Dark Souls. Exposing <laughs> me. I'm in, I'm in hash, hashtag exposed. Hashtag exposed. Hashtag exposed. Want, I'll expose myself right now. I've only killed two bosses in the whole Dark Souls franchise. How's that yeah. for exposed? I'm so bad at this game. So here's the thing about Dark Souls. Um, I played it, the, the first one. I didn't care for it. And someone offered to run me through the game in co-op, which they did. And I ended up getting a thousand gamers scoring it. But I never brag about it. I never say anything about it because it's one of those <laughs> things like, why would you? Because essentially I was ran through the game. I, I'm not going to brag about it. Some people know <laughs> the truth. And uh, yeah, oh my god, I've been exposed. I'll expose. Exposed. So yeah, I just uh, don't enjoy them. I just, I, I just don't enjoy them. I don't feel like I'm, I'm growing in power like uh, fast enough. I'm too impatient. I think. I watched, um, I watched Kid Smooth play Bloodborne last night, and uh, I was dying. Like it was the fun, one of the funniest things. Shout out to Kid Smooth in the chat. I was watching his, uh, he, he was playing Bloodborne, and oh my god, you could tell the rate. He hated that game as he was playing. <laughs> oh man. I bought my friend Bloodborne for, for a birthday. I got, so, I, uh, I got faith in you, Smooth. Get that $400 from those guys, beat Bloodborne, and then I don't know, buy whatever you want. You can do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, other than that, yeah, I've just been playing uh, Surviving Mars. And more of the Darkest Dungeon, which is... Darkest uh, Dungeon is really good. Yeah, Darkest, Darkest Dungeon is ace, actually. It's like, uh, for those who don't know, Darkest Dungeon, it's like a 2D dungeon crawler, roguelike, turn-based RPG. It's it's a weird hybrid that you would think shouldn't work, maybe, but it works so well. And it's got like a HP Lovecraft aesthetic... Uh, comic book style artwork and uh it's got this like brooding narr- narrator talk, uh, talking about what you do you have to manage your your do your character's stress levels and stuff like that it's a really good game and it's uh, i think it's like 20 dollars. so yeah if you like turn-based rpgs and roguelikes um Definitely check out the Darkest Dungeon for Xbox One. It's really good. And it's also on PC. Don't know about PS4. Probably, I think it's on Nintendo yeah, Switch. It, it came out so. on uh, PS, PC, and PS4 first, like back in yeah, 2016, okay. and then it recently came to Switch, and now it's on Xbox. So uh, okay, well that that I didn't I'd never heard of that game until it dropped in my inbox, and I was like, oh wow, this is really good. No, but uh, other than that, I've been really addicted to Surviving Mars, which is city skylines like city builder, but set on Mars. You have to grow crops manage oxygen levels i did, did i talk about it last week at all no it's like um because the nda ninjas will get you well i'll just talk about surviving mars briefly because um i am really enjoying it so far i'm, I'm intrigued to see where it's going to go in the end game but man rand it is um it is a complicated game it's really mm. deep you know like um city skylines is a more more of a creative simulation game where it's like you know, you, you, you can put your plant your, your trees where you want them and you can make these like really pretty cities and stuff like that. And like the only real um gameplay sort of tactical aspects of cities skylines is managing budgets and managing traffic flow and stuff like that. And it, it it's it's a very relaxing game. It never feels like City Skylines never feels like you're in a desperate situation or whatever. It's it's kind of like Minecraft in that way, in that sense. But 
Surviving Mars is obviously a survival game as well as a city builder because you have to manage your food, your resources. Um, if you run out of money, you can't get drops from Earth anymore, which means your colonists are basically abandoned on Mars and left to their own devices. You have to try and build this self-sustaining colony using the, the resources that you've got um, scattered around uh, on the surface of Mars, which you send probes out to scan. You've got little robots that will build things for you and stuff like that. But man, um, I I, uh, I haven't played it that much yet. Like a few, I'm a few hours in, but I, I had my big harrowing moment last night, Ren. My first, oh my God, I can't believe that happened moment in Surviving Mars. Hmm. So like, I, I've got two domes in Surviving Mars right now. I've got like a, do a general... One dome is make is got got like facilities like hospital in it and and uh, it's got my farms in it that I'm making food and stuff like that. And this other dome, I had I got a factory in it like making parts to repair droids and stuff like that. And um, there was a meteor shower, a random meteor shower. Like there's random things can happen that screw up screw up your colony. And it blew up one of my oxygen generators, and I didn't have enough oxygen to sustain the colony. So I basically had to choose one of my domes to turn off to kill them. <laughs> so Jeez. so the rest of the colony could survive. It was really dark. So I turned off one of my domes and all those people suffocated. And it made all my the people in my other dome depressed. So their work productivity dropped. And I had to send them away for therapy in the hospital and they're there you can like zoom in the engine's really good on xbox one as well because um one of the things that uh city skylines got criticized for when it released on xbox one and indeed some other city builders like avon colony is that these get these games get like more and more uh complex the more the more cities you the more buildings you make the game starts slowing down but the engine in Surviving Mars is really, really impressive, the way it handles the load, at least on the Xbox One Xs. I haven't tried it on the, the regular Xbox One. But um, it's you can zoom in really close on your dudes. So like I could zoom in straight into the window of my hospital and see all my traumatized colonists having therapy over <laughs> the other dome being destroyed. And I was like, wow, this game got dark really fast because of that. <laughs> But um, and that and that can happen with water, you know, all all sorts of um, uh, resources that you need. And um, you know, I'm hoping State of Decay Two has more elements of this in, in its simulation because um, uh, that's one of the things I didn't like about the original State of Decay was that the the survival simulation part was it was quite basic. You know, you couldn't really. You couldn't really do any farming and stuff like that, and make your own food and be self self sufficient. Um, you had to just scavenge everything all the time, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah. But first, yeah. Rand, what games have you been playing then? You... Um, well, I quit PUBG. You'll be happy to know. You yeah, you mentioned that last week. I quit PUBG. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, I you know I I was I played a lot of Deep Rock Galactic, which we talked about on last podcast. Really like that game. Um, I also played Rad Rogers. I don't know if you've heard anything about that game, but Rad Rogers is actually a really cool uh, platformer uh, that's out now, like on all systems. It's like twenty bucks, and man, you know what? Like, if you like platformers, and I'm talking like '90s platformers, right? 
uh, I would recommend picking this game up. It's pretty, it's pretty damn cool. Like it looks really nice, especially the art style. You're like this kid that gets sucked into a video game, you know, uh, you got like a gun that you use to like shoot all these enemies and the goal of each level is to collect these four pieces. So sometimes the levels are pretty linear. You like, obviously have to do a bunch of platforming, kill the enemies and all that stuff. But sometimes it's kind of like non-linear. It's more open. You got to like explore to find these, like the pieces to open up. It's actually a really, really kind of cool game, uh, that I would recommend for people who enjoy platformers. Uh, it's got a really cool art art style. And like, since you're in a video game, sometimes like the, you'll come to a part that of the game that's not finished and it likes degrading. It's de like being depixelized. And then you actually have to go inside the programming to fix it. It's actually, uh, it's actually pretty cool. I don't know if you, you have that game jazz or not. Um, I don't think so. It sounds interesting though. I'm not a huge platformer guy. Um, right. But, but um, mainly I've been playing Super Mario Odyssey. <clears throat> Super Mario Odyssey. I'm, I've never heard of that game. Yeah. Is it, um, is it retro or? No, it's so this game, uh, <laughs> it's this game that came I'm out on the retro. Nintendo Switch. Ew. Yes. Oh, again. I, I'm, I, I, I like to I like to hate on Nintendo, but I don't I don't really hate Nintendo. I just I don't like kiddie games, man. Are there any chainsaws in Mario Odyssey? No, but there was a giant T-Rex that I became. Uh, I became a T-Rex, Jazz. We became a T-Rex. I have seen yeah. clips of the, the the hat thing. The hat can possess things, right? Yes, it can. That's the whole kind of gameplay mechanic. You can possess uh, your enemies and you can use them to get through the level, but yeah, I gotta say, like, one day I just kind of woke up and I'm like, you know what? It's time to get a Switch. I know everybody in chat last week or two weeks ago when we talked about this, and you were also <laughs> giving me, you're giving me a little, uh, you know, a little ish, you know, like I, a, little, I a little attitude. I knew you were going to get one. The oh, yeah? The moment you said you're thinking about getting one, I knew you wouldn't be able to resist getting one. Mm. But, so, uh, I figure, you know what? I used it for a day. Uh... I gotta say, opening it up, the the packaging not as nice as like what PlayStation or Xbox do. Uh, but man, like the the actual like screen it's itself, it's a toy. <laughs> uh, it's a nice looking uh, handheld, and that's the thing. Like that's kind of why I wasn't really interested in. I'm not interested in the handheld mode. Like right now, the Switch is behind my 4K TV, hooked up, hooked up to the TV, and that's where it more than likely will stay in docked mode in the TV. You know, um, I don't really like the Joy-Con controller, uh, the Joy, the two Joy-Con sticks at all. Uh, I find the the UI to be a little bit um, basic, even like too basic to like a certain extent. It's it's kind of it's refreshing to a certain degree coming from the Xbox, which has tons of different options and where to find them. But to me, on Xbox, it's like back of my hand type stuff. Like I know where everything is, but Switch is like literally like you just start it up and oh, there's the picture of the game. I know it's very, I don't even want to say streamlined, just basic you, you user interface. And of course, there's the friend code stuff, which is ridiculous because like, I can't just be like, hey, guys, add me on the Switch. My name is Randall Thor 19. I have to be like, my here's my Switch code. And it's like, I'm basically giving somebody my social security number or something like that, right? This is, um, this is exactly why I, I just dismiss Nintendo. Because I can't take them seriously in a world where I crave technological convenience. Friend codes is such a fail that I just cannot support the company. 
you know, and it's it's not just it does it goes beyond the Switch. Like it's the reason I can't be bothered to get a DS, even though like I'm a huge fan of Metroid and Pokemon and stuff like that. But I can't be I can't be doing with this sort of '90s style connectivity. You know, I got a PC, I've got an Xbox. I can't be doing with all this kiddie stuff that Nintendo seems to push through its consoles. But uh, continue. But- Okay, uh, I bought a pro controller being told that, hey, you know, every like you're not gonna like the Joy Cons, which I don't. I don't like the Joy Cons. I don't like the handheld like version is nice, and I can see it like, hey, if you're going for a five hour flight, oh, it'd be so great to like knock it out and like use it on the flight. But I just don't like, I just don't like how far like spaced the controllers are on the screen, you know? So it's like, eh especially if you're playing something like Bayonetta 2. So like get a pro controller. I got the pro controller and it's the pro controller is nice. However, all the buttons are backwards, right? So like B's on the bottom where, where a should be and like A's on the right hand side. And like, why is the left (laughs) button and X like X is up at the top. So it's like literally the exact reverse of, of Xbox. So like, accept anything on the xbox you press the a button but the a button to accept anything on the switch the a button is like where the b button would be for xbox so i'm literally like having to look down at the controller to making sure i'm doing the right things because my mind obviously is just so custom xbox and then later on when i got on xbox i was like so confused because i was literally doing the exact opposite actions on it and i was just like man this is gonna drive me crazy uh like trying to remember which buttons do which and stuff, but oh my god. Um, but as for the game, because that's what's important, Super Mario Odyssey, uh, man, it looks incredible on my TV. I gotta say that, man. Like, holy, sh- like, it looks really good. Like, I was kind of shocked considering I got a 4K TV. I know the game can only go up to 1080p because that's all this, you know, the Switch dock can do, but god damn, does that game look good and it controls really well. Um, I didn't really like the controls too much when I was playing it in handheld mode because I had to try it out. But man, once I docked it, hooked it up to the TV, grabbed the Pro Controller, it was great. And uh, I'm going to finish it off hopefully this weekend or so. I do have uh, some God, I got a God of War 3 to finish in uh, Moss to play for PSVR. But man, I'm I'm, I'm into it, man. I, I think I beat, I beat the Sand World. So I beat the intro level and then i beat the level with the t-rex and then i beat the sand world i think i have like 50 moons now because i went around collecting all these different moons god i'm I'm enjoying it man um i have bayonetta 2 coming as well as uh legend of zelda breath of the wild and i'm not really sure what other games i want besides those two uh i'm a big fan of bayonetta but i didn't play bayonetta 2 because i didn't own a wii u um so i'm excited to play that and Zelda, I was kind of hoping for it to kind of break me out of the uh, open world uh, fatigue I'm in right now, right? So, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I'm enjoying the system. I think it's cool. I understand. I, I came to understand over the course of time why people enjoy it. You know, the portability factor. Like, to be able, the ability to take all the games that you play on the TV on the go. Like, whether you're, you know, on the bus or... Just wherever you want to be, right? You can take your games with you. And even though that aspect doesn't appeal to me, I figured, you know what? I wanted to experience some of these, some of these games. Because la- you mean last year, how many how many people said Super Mario Odyssey and Zelda were game of the year, right? A lot of people. 
a lot of people. Again, I don't really take those opinions seriously because Nintendo has this, you know, effect on people where you can't criticize Nintendo. Right. I mean, so I, I mean, when, what I want, um, but the thing is, is like I couldn't really engage in that conversation because I didn't have an opinion on either game because I didn't play it. You know what I mean? So it's like I kind of wanted that. I didn't want to be kind of left out on the cold this year. So now I have all three systems and a gaming PC. So if anything comes out that's exclusive to anywhere, I can play God of War. I can play Spider-Man. I can play Death Stranding. I can play Mario. I can play Zelda. I can play State of Decay. I can play Forza Horizon 4. If there's ever a PC exclusive game that's not a MOBA or a Battle Royale game, I can play that too, you know, and, and give my thoughts and, and, and opinions on all that stuff. So it's mainly one of the reasons why I got it. Getches. I, will never, I will never get one. I had a couple. I had a couple people uh, upset that I got one and saying yeah. it, uh, that I. This is what happens when uh, when uh, Xbox doesn't provide games to their customers. They switch platforms. <sighs> well, don't we live in a world where people can own more than one console? I, I I don't know. Is that not normal to own more than one console? For like, I don't know. People like people it's view like it as like Xbox. no. But it, I don't know. I don't know what it is like. I'm only going to be using the Switch when there's games on it to want, I want to play, just as like the PlayStation 4. Like, I'm like, I don't think maybe, I think a lot of people get that, but there's a certain section of gamers who, even in my videos, like I was talking about like the God of War Pro bundle, and they were like, you're just jealous, Bliss is on PlayStation. And I'm just like, you do realize I have a PS4 Pro and I will be getting God of War day one, right? It doesn't matter to me that God of War is not on Xbox because I'll just play it on PlayStation. Just like it doesn't matter to me that Mario's not on Xbox that I'll play it on the Switch. Like, people, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know if people are just that, like, immature and are just too invested in the console wars and are just children to really fully grasp the concepts. Maybe, maybe you know what? You know what, Jazz? Maybe we should, maybe, we should, maybe these are, maybe these really are kids. Maybe they're 12 year old kids lashing out because their parents won't let them buy them another console. So they have to prop up <clears throat> the ones that they have, you know? Maybe they're just maybe they're just like thirteen year olds or something. <laughs> maybe, I mean, but the problem is they're probably not thirteen. They're probably yeah. grown ass adults. They're probably forty, just... and they're railing online about <laughs> how can how can someone enjoy Xbox? How can someone enjoy PlayStation? How dare they? They have something different than mine. Mm. <laughs> Suspicious oh. and spooky. It's it's uh, the thing about the Switch is it's the same thing I've had with the PlayStation Four. I just don't have room in my life for another console. I feel like. Why would I get another console when I've got this huge backlog in Xbox? There's so many games that I still want to play on Xbox that I haven't touched. I still haven't completed, you know, games from years ago. I still haven't completed. Like, I haven't even started Dishonored 2 and XCOM, and XCOM 2. I still haven't finished my run through of that, you know. And then I've got, I've got a GTX 1060 PC, and I can pretty much run all modern games as well. So it's like I got a PC. I got a Xbox. I don't need any other system in my life. So, so here's the thing. That's where I come from with that. Xbox, <clears throat> Xbox best box says in chat, you stupid <clears throat> if you own a Switch. Playing Mario and Zelda for over 30 years, LMAFAO or whatever. Right? Here's the thing. <laughs> this is my first Mario game since Super Mario Brothers 3 on the NES back in like 89 or 90. And this is my first, my first Zelda game since Wind Waker. And the previous Zelda game I played before that was on the NES was Zelda 1. I, I am not a Nintendo gamer. 
I'm I'm not I I didn't own SNES. I didn't own the 64. I owned a GameCube at the tail end of the generation. It was $99 for Metroid Prime. I really don't necessarily care that much about their games, which is why I don't own their systems. So no, I haven't been playing Mario and Zelda for 30 years. I've I've played like two of them. I've been pl- I mean, in, in that regard, I've been playing Hel- Gears of War and Halo for a hell of a lot longer than I played Mario and Zelda. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do, man. The th- the thing is, like people people joke. I mean, I joke about Nintendo just banking on Mario and Zelda, but there's a reason those franchises have been around for thirty years. It's because they're just consistently good games. You know, it's not like um. Other, certain other studios and publishers and franchises where they, they they release a few good games and then the franchise dips into a cavern and abyssal destruction like Mass Effect Andromeda basically killed the whole franchise. And like, yes, maybe some Zelda games are worse than others, but the fact is they're all always decent games at the very least. They're not like Resident Evil 6. You know, which almost killed that franchise, and then Assassin's Creed Unity, which almost killed that franchise. Nintendo never seemed to get truly greedy. They always make sure their games are the top as as good as they can be because they know that's sort of their bread and butter. Is that the quality of their IP, the reliability that you know, the the sense of reliability they project that those games are going to be good is really important. Which is why, like, you know, we games like. Uh, um grand theft auto as well people know the next grand theft auto is going to be good and that in of itself is better marketing than marketing over time so that's the the value of their ip is more important than a lot yeah. of things it's similar, to, it's similar to naughty dog yeah. people people don't need to wait re- wait for reviews on a game by naughty dog just like with like rockstar people just assume it's of a different caliber you know Exactly. They're they're in that they're in that sort of league where they're just untouchable, where it's like a lot of a lot of other studios just aren't. And I, I was actually thinking about Capcom recently, because recently Capcom have they've started putting out high quality games again. And Resident Evil Seven was great, and um, Monster Hunter World is incredible. And um, I've sort of got this like, oh yeah, Capcom back you know then they know what they're doing again after a few years of like disappointment street fighter 4 uh 5 sorry missing all this content and um and then you had like resident evil 6 and fight fight and yeah but then they do something like marvel versus capcom infinite and stuff like that but that's what i mean it's like they they could they could totally get complacent again and they think like oh no we've got monster Hunter world now we've got all this money um let's squander the goodwill we've built up and release a load of crap which is what EA seems to do as well. EA seems to go through these cycles of, of um, oh, everyone hates us. We need to we need to work hard and do better. And then they release a few really great games. And then they have a year where it's like, they go, oh, we, we can afford to half-ass everything now. And honestly, last year for EA, for me, EA's, EA's 2017 was a, a train wreck. You know, it was just atrocious. You had Mass Effect Andromeda, you had the whole battlefront 2 thing you know it's it was it is a train wreck so um nintendo don't really have this like even like sometimes their hardware uh, fails to resonate like the wii u and the gamecube to a lesser extent maybe but um their games always seem to deliver like the gamecube had great games and i think 
the Wii U also had great games, even if the <clears throat> the console itself wasn't that great. So yeah. uh, that's that's that. I wish more studios would take the, take more care with their IP. You know, Microsoft could do this as well. I mean, and I think that's a, a lot of the reasons why people have this anxiety about State of Decay 2's price point, because they feel like Microsoft is being complacent with the, the State of Decay brand, you know, and the, the price point is creating memories of Recore. Whoa, would you look at that segue? Woo! That wasn't even intentional. No, but it was good enough. It was, it was good enough. Good, it was good enough segue. I mean, it, it was it was it was subtle. It was on point. You went from talking about <laughs> Capcom and all that stuff right in the state of decay without missing a beat. So uh, yeah, let, let you know what no, podcasting. I mean, pro, pro there. Give everybody give Jez a hand. Beautiful we segue. Sound, we need a sound. We need a sound. No, we do. We do. We but, every, every week. So you know what? Let's let's talk about State of Decay, shall we? Um, <clears throat> uh, Jez was right. Bow down to the master. Never doubt <laughs> Jez again. Because okay, so <laughs> that that's of course just a funny joke. But um, IGN got the exclusive. IGN first. They'll be running coverage all month long on State of Decay two. And the first part of their coverage was confirming that the price of the game is $30, basically corroborating the UK leaks from the week before, and that the game will be coming out March 22nd. So not only is Jez right, but Rand is right. Because, um, yeah, go check out my prediction videos about Xbox and PlayStation. Not only did they get Detroit Become Human on the on the nail, I hit that one on the head, predicting that <laughs> release date right, but damn, I nailed State of Decay 2 as well. So, yeah, maybe go check out and see when I think uh, Crackdown and uh, Spider-Man and all these other games are coming out. Someone, some, You know what someone said before we even started, and I was watching the chat, it's like, Rand disguises his predictions sometimes as facts. He'll put in there <laughs> things he knows for sure are happening, but then, but then has it under the disguise of predictions. <laughs> Is that true? I'm not going to say, but, uh, you know, just saying. <laughs> uh, so state of decay 2 jazz um what do you think about this uh the fact that it's 30 dollars uh i mean we already had this discussion i swear it seemed like it was last week or maybe it was the week before i'm not even really sure anymore at this point but you know some people are taking shots uh at, at the game for not being triple a uh some people are like well does it really even matter because it's ten dollars in game pass uh what do you think what are your thoughts on all this well i mean we went over in a previous podcast didn't we you know it's um the fact that it's 30 dollars creates this impression that it's not going to be triple a and you know you, you i don't know if anyone's seen the ign gameplay footage it was very similar to the footage that i was shown at e3 last year and other press was shown at e3 last year um it looks a lot better than that that footage i saw before like the gunplay looks a lot like stronger and stuff like that but it's still like it still has that sort of indie production values like for example hand animated mobs instead of uh motion capture obviously that's cheaper than getting a motion capture studio in and getting actors to act out all the you know the the gun the walking and stuff like that so the the animations look a bit cartoony and um and all this other stuff and it, it's like people say well is this triple a is this double a what what is this game at 30 dollar price point 
Um, Microsoft considers it to be AAA. Um, everyone I've spoken to in Microsoft considers the game to be AAA. It's going to have a AAA marketing budget. It's going to be it's going to be showcased as a big exclusive for Xbox One and and Windows Ten and all that sort of stuff. And um, <clears throat> it's going to have dozens of hours of cooperative content. Um, but the thing is, the industry sort of trained us to feel like games that are thirty dollars have something wrong with them. Like I remember when. Uh, it, it emerged that Recore was $30 or, or whatever it was, $35. I can't remember the exact price, but it wasn't full price. And uh, people were like, oh, well, why is it $30? And um, they were like, yeah, we think Recore has appeal with younger audiences. That's why we've bundled Banjo with it. Could you remember they bundled Banjo with Recore? That was the most random thing. Did they? Yeah, they bundled banjo backwards compatibility uh as a pre-order bonus or something which was so random hmm. uh, look that up I, i'm sure i'm not crazy about that i think definitely it was bundled with some backwards compatible rare game but um it was like it was almost apologetic because when recall came out obviously it had these issues with the engine it was built on unity which surprises me because it was good. You don't expect a Unity game to look that good. But yeah, it was built on Unity. Um, and uh, the, obviously the, the visuals took a hit there. The open world was this empty sort of desert sandbox, which had didn't have much photorealism to it. And again, hand animated stuff and uh, not much voice acting, not much plot in general. And it's kind of like, oh, I understand why this game was $30 because it, it's not Horizon Zero Dawn. You know, it's not this big AAA production values and so, so that sort of stuff. So now people have that expectation of State of Decay now. And, um, you know, I think if you played the original State of Decay, you kind of... I think it's uh, it's easy to understand why this price point is... How they've chosen this price point. It's because it isn't this photorealistic game. It isn't this... Um, you know, this super duper Hollywood production values game with motion capture and, and uh, Kevin Spacey voice acting and, and stuff like that. It's a game all about the sandbox and the simulation and, and now four player co-op. And I remember seeing um, Undead Labs showed off uh, a photograph of their whole team. It's not a big team, man. They're not no. a big studio. No, they're not. And, um, you know, so it's like, do we expect, and they are an indie studio, Undead Labs is an indie studio, they're a smaller studio, and do we expect this smaller studio to be able to build this AAA Hollywood experience? Um, I think it's unfair to do so, but at the same time, people were expecting that, because Microsoft have lots of money, and State of Decay 1 sold 5 million copies, or something around there. So you would have thought that Microsoft would bankroll this game and this studio to build something that was um, more in, in line with what you'd expect from, you know, the standards that Sony is setting for first-party exclusives and stuff like that. So um, personally, I don't think it matters because a good game is a good game. Deep Rock Galactic is one of the best four-play games I've played in years. And that's an early access title made by an extremely small studio. 
And um, but I understand where the anxiety comes from. And to that end, I we talked about bringing Xbox Live Arcade back as a as a way to brand those games, so people knew there weren't these big AAA exclusives. But I don't know, Rand. What's your take on it? Man? See, I almost think I almost think they went about it the wrong way. Uh, a lot of people are looking forward to State of Decay 2. And the reason they kind of flipped out about the price was because, well, the mystery around it. We know nothing about the game, right? We're finally just got the IGN gameplay today. And it looks, I mean, it looks way better than the first game, right? I can't wait to play it in four-player cop. Didn't play the first one. But for me, in the marketing perspective, like they came out first and said, here's the, here's the, the date and here's the price, right? What I think would have been a better way to do it was, here's the price. Here's the gameplay reveal. You go through the whole month dishing out the gameplay and how it looks. And then at the end, you say it's $30. Because when you when you put out that price point immediately, like a lot of people in chat and other people on the internet, people are like, why is this game $30? Is something wrong with it? Who cares about price? This whole discussion about the pricing and what the game offers or what the game doesn't offer uh is is talked about but what in my opinion i'm not a marketer right i don't got no any you degree to, you in marketing have to around you have to wonder if maybe that was the plan because the price leaked right and so i'm just thinking would it have been a better approach to say when the game's coming out show off all the gameplays and pe- get because the people i follow today even people who you know i would consider more playstation oriented or nintendo order oriented are like man state of decay looks pretty good you know, they did show it off on, like, as they said, a high-octane PC. So you give people the gameplay, you show them the details, you get them excited, and then you drop the uh, the, the bomber that's 30. Yeah. You know, you know what? There's, there's another angle to this that we haven't looked at. And uh, Midi Benny in chat just reminded me of it. Um, the fact that uh, it's an Xbox Play Anywhere title, right? So, as well, uh, PC gamers expect lower prices of games now i know that the x the xbox store has this has this thing where the games have to have to price match now if if state of decay 2 is going to steam which i don't think it's been announced yet but the original truly found success because of its steam steam version i would be shocked if state of decay 2 doesn't eventually go to steam they haven't mentioned anything about steam yet though have they they haven't um uh, they haven't, but I would highly expect Steam support, and it is acknowledged in their FAQ Did, that people do, are asking. Do you questions. think the Steam uh, version will be there day one, or were you thinking there's some sort of ex- like window for exclusivity? I, I think it will, won't be there day one. I think because they're a small team, they're focusing on the UWP version, and then they will pull it to you know Win32 executable and all that sort of stuff. But I think that the fact that it's more of a PC game is also lowering the price because PC gamers will they expect a lower price point. And if it's on the Windows 10 store, um six a sixty dollars $60 for a PC game, that's a lot of money. There's not many publishers that can get away with a sixty dollar price point on PC, you know, and the games that do are often these huge franchises like you know, a Blizzard game or your Call of Duties and your Battlefields and that sort of stuff. I don't think State of Decay 2 works at $60 on PC especially, especially on PC. And uh, since it's an Xbox Play Anywhere game, the prices have to match. So I think the the PC audience uh, of State of Decay, which is significant, m- pro- maybe even bigger than Xbox, 
I think that is anchoring the price to some degree too. Right. But I mean, a lot of like some of the things like people are like, even like Aaron Greenberg's statement, which echoed his like, oh, his statement about ReCore, about how they wanted to give a new IP a chance and all this stuff. Like it, you kind of look at it and then you, you wonder why isn't Sea of Thieves $30, right? Yeah, no, that's that's the wild card. Because here, here you have Sea of Thieves, the first game launching into the games, games, you know, the Game Pass at full retail price, right? But not only that, State of Decay is coming two months later at half the price with two versions. So State of Decay also has a Ultimate Edition for forty nine ninety nine that you can get four days early access, as well as uh, some DLC and the first game. And it then makes me wonder, where is the Sea of Thieves Ultimate Edition? that gives you four day early access, you know, like it makes me wonder if crackdown three is going to have some sort of ultimate edition bundled with both games back and Pat with four day early access. Right. Because I was thinking about the value. Cause normally Microsoft does the ultimate edition for all their games, right? Like Forza horizon was a hundred gears. Four was a hundred. I think halo wars two was around a hundred. Right. And what you're really paying for in that instance is early access to the game four days early than anybody else, except for maybe reviewers. And then I'm looking at this one and I'm like, okay, so the, the core game's 30, but then you can get the game for 10, but you can pay what 50 to play it four days early and get DLC and get another game that's already included in game pass. It, I, I know this game, pro like I know game pass and they don't know how successful it is, didn't really probably impact their decision on what the price should be. But you got to wonder if down the road it could, right? Because we live, because I've seen this argument thrown around and I actually kind of agree with it. We live in a world with PUBG and Fortnite now. We live in a world where PUBG or where Fortnite is like the biggest thing in gaming now, right? And it, the thing is, Fortnite's free. You know, Rainbow Six Siege just launched its season three. And it has more concurrent users than it's ever seen before. So you have these games coming out that are just engulfing a huge audience. And they're not letting their audience go. Fortnite's only getting bigger. PUBG, yeah, it's on the decline, but it sold a crap ton on the Xbox. Rainbow Six is getting more people. All these like games as a service type games, they're just getting bigger and bigger. How do you compete as kind of a mid-tier-ish game in this gaming environment? I mean, do you... It, you have Game Pass, which lowers the price significantly, but then you also have the thirty dollars retail version. So I don't know. I don't know if it's like more is like, hey, there's a six. There's State of Decay Two is like, um, I don't know, uh, a sixty dollars game disguised as a you know a thirty dollars game. I'm I almost kind of think is like they're trying to price it in today's gaming landscape, where the biggest game of the world is a battle royale game. That is played by millions and millions of people. And how do you get people to even give, you know, drop out of Fortnite to give any other game a look? You got it's gotta be either quality or price. And I mean, I'm not sure about the quality of State of Decay 2 because I haven't played it, but certainly the price point is is really attractive, right? Yeah. And that actually worries me what you said there about like um, yeah, Sea of Thieves dominated Twitch during its first beta. It was number one, but it was also th also free. Fortnite is also free, but State of Decay State of Decay is thirty dollars on PC, which is uh, 
it's a fine price point for PC gamers, 40, uh, 40 pounds or whatever. For 40 pounds for the Ultimate Edition on PC, which is impressive. But then, um, $60 for Sea of Thieves on PC, and you also have to put up with the Windows Store, which PC gamers hate. I don't think PC gamers are going to pick this up at 60 pick up Sea of Thieves at $60 on PC. I, I, I think like you've you've touched on something there. I think maybe Sea of Thieves should be a bit cheaper as well. Well, yeah, I'm I'm just a little curious about like you know the same thing Aaron Greenberg said, which I don't have his quote, could literally be applied almost verbatim to Sea of Thieves, which could have which was applied to Recore. So I'm just curious to see like why the pricing for one versus the pricing for another, and then that makes me think about Crackdown Three. Can they launch Crackdown 3 at 60 bucks? You know, or are they going to go for the $30 approach and then sell the Ultimate Edition for 49.99 with early access? This is another that's another thing, Rand. They're sort of creating this expectation now. It's like, okay, so why why is State of Decay 2 $30? It's not motion capture, it's hand animated, it doesn't have uh, blockbuster voice actors and all that sort of stuff. Blah 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 blah. It's not photorealistic. It's got cartoony graphics. Now, if they they create an expectation that oh, that's the reason that game is thirty dollars, it's like you say you could apply that logic to Sea of Thieves and Crackdown Three as well, and then people are going to be. I mean, Sea of Thieves NPCs don't even have a voice. They just have text. No, they have so, a voice. I heard it when I was watching the video. They have voiceovers now. Yeah, but it, I mean, it's pretty basic stuff. Well, well, yeah. Even still, it's it's like it's not going to be a, the the story of Sea of Thieves is made by the players. It's not delivered in a big Hollywood cutscenes and and stuff like that. So it's kind of like <laughs> the the it's almost confusing for consumers, and it's going to be like crack. It's I almost feel like Crackdown Three can't be sixty dollars now. I don't know. I don't know, but at the same time, does the price of C you also got to look like this. The price of Sea of Thieves being $60 is is a deterrent for a lot of new people because it's a new IP, right? Not a lot of people are willing to take that risk. But when you lower that price to 10, you know, you're like, "Okay, this is good." But then like when the price of the game itself is lowered to 30, you know, the difference between 10 and 30 isn't so much that then you'd be more, maybe more inclined to actually own the game. You know what I'm saying? Like for Sea of Thieves being 60, you'd be like, I paid $10 and I could have six months to see a thieves for the same price I bought it. But then mm. that value necessarily isn't the same there for state of decay two because of how much cheaper it is. You know what I mean? Because we all thought, because when we were talking about, uh, about game pass, we were talking, Hey, you know, you subscribe for a year. It's $120. We assumed state of decay crackdowns, you know, see, if, um, see a thieves and Forza horizon four would all be 60. So that's $240. And you'd be saving half, but now State of Decay 2 is 30, and who knows what Crackdown 3 is going to be. I mean, obviously... I'm just, I'm just imagining that, that gif of the woman with the, with the mathematical equations yeah. floating around that's right. Like, hmm. Uh, because then if, you, if, you have, if, if it's 60, 30, 30, that's 120 bucks, which is the full year of Game Pass. I mean, you obviously throw Forza Horizon 4 in there, it's a little bit more, but it's not that big of a of the savings as people had originally thought. And that's of course not. And I did see someone ask yesterday on Twitter, if there are any unannounced games coming. And I thought that was kind of funny because of course there are Forza Horizon 4 hasn't been announced yet, but um, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it makes me, 
I have no doubt that State of Decay 2 is going to be a good game, right? Even though I never played it, everybody I talked to that's played the game, the first one, despite the jankiness and despite everything that it was in it, they loved it, right? I loved State, I loved State of Decay 1. I had, like, I had such amazing experiences in the game that, like, were emergent but felt like a Hollywood movie because there were, it was just things that you'd expect to happen in a movie. Like, I remember in State of Decay 1, I sent out, because you've got like a community, for people who don't know State of Decay, what State of Decay is, I'm just going to give you a quick anecdote about the original game. It's like, um, you build up a community of survivors, and they all have levels, they all gain skills as they, as they experience more combat and that sort of stuff. Um, but and you you can con- you control them at will and like when when one gets tired you send him away to sleep and and then you take control of another survivor at least this is how it works in the first game it's probably going to be how it works in the second game too but like i uh you generally end up with a survivor that feels more powerful than the others because it's just the one you start with the one you play the most and you end he ends up being more powerful he or she or whatever and um and uh, i had this like the first time I played it, I didn't really train any of my other survivors. I just used this one dude to do everything. And I used to send him out, you know, drive around, get the get the stuff, come back, blah, blah, blah. And, like, I remember I drove, like, I got really complacent because it was really strong. But I ended up in this situation where um, I was just swarmed by zombies. And I was, like, hiding in the corner of some building. And it suddenly dawned on me that my most powerful survivor, my, the hero of my story, was about to die this miserable death. And because State of Decay has permadeath for each individual community member, he got killed. The game saved because it's constantly saving. And, and that was it. Then I was sort of in this situation where I was in a high-level uh, base and I had all these community members demanding food and stuff. And I had all these low-level survivors who couldn't do anything and it was just like oh my god and i was just sort of Im- translating that experience to movies and stuff like that where the the hero guy gets killed and that's what state of decay is it's like this emergent experience and it kind of reminds me of uh, some of the the sea of thieves commentary where they say like um sea of thieves is a canvas and we want players to create their own stories based on what they do in the game state of decay is like that as well you know, so um, it has this unique stuff. And I think as fans of the first game, I think a lot of people were hoping that it would go go up to the triple A level with the sequel. And that the first game was this proof of concept that was going to turn Undead Labs from being this sort of indie startup to being this triple A studio that maybe even joined Microsoft. But for whatever reason, it just hasn't worked out that way. And it looks like State of Decay 2 is going to be just basically an upgrade of the first game. Yeah, but I mean, isn't that what people wanted? Just the first game yeah, with better so. better graphics, better animations, better frame rate, less jank in four-player co-op? I mean, that's kind of what exactly what people wanted. I guess so. You know, I mean, they've switched, they've switched to the Unreal Engine, um, you know, which supports this kind of game better than the... What did they use before? Was it the, the Cry- Crytex Engine? Yeah. Cry engine. Uh, yeah, use the cry engine. But yeah, it's like um you know, everything should be better than the first game, but I'm just I'm still concerned that it's not it's going to 
as a fan of the first game, I got like this expectation. I want more of everything that the first game did. I want more types of buildings and, and stuff like that, I, you know, more simulation and all that sort of stuff. And I guess IGN is going to reveal all this stuff because they've got like exclusivity throughout March. Yeah. But um, we'll just have to wait and see. No, it is it is interesting that um they they are giving DLC out with the Ultimate Edition and uh you know they they've they've kind of backed away from microtransactions. Oh, lots and lots of studios have sort of seemed to have backed away from microtransactions. I got I'll tell you like a lot uh, some people around were saying like um the reason State of Decay is $30 is cuz it's going to be uh rammed with microtransactions and loot crates. I I've been told I've been told that State of Decay 2 won't have any loot crates. Uh, I oh. don't know if that's been confirmed officially. No but... loot crates for State of Decay 2 confirmed. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I've been told. Um, uh, sorry if that if that isn't news. I don't know, but I've been told that it's not no, no loot crates. So I think Microsoft has sort of accepted that loot crates are bad for and... the time being. Maybe for maybe for 2018. I mean, even the rumors about Battlefield 5. Are are that it like oh it'll only be cosmetic only cosmetic stuff you know like mm. so yeah a lot a lot of companies are kind of backing away from loot boxes because they have that really bad stigma now because of Battlefront two you know and um, Microsoft is I bet all the studios all the studios hate Battlefront for probably doing pushing it too far yeah. taking it too far because now now that's gonna hit all their bottom lines you know. So, State of the K2, uh, May 22nd, I believe. Uh, put a one in the chat if you're uh, excited for State of the K2, and a two if you're uh, not. But um, I think it's a pretty good release date. I mean, nothing's coming out in May, really. Uh, the only games currently scheduled for May are a couple days after that is Detroit Become Human. And I can't even think of anything else that is coming out in May, to be honest with you. Usually, May's packed. Um. But uh, I think it's a pretty good month. Plus, I think Game Pass really, like, I, I think Microsoft's going to have to go to a different approach of how they, you know, they do their releases throughout the year. Because they need the content to put in the Game Pass. So it would be interesting if they do Sea of Thieves March, and then they want, like, a new game every two months. State of, you know, State of Decay 2 in May, which would leave July for Crackdown, which would leave September for Forza, you know, like... If they're going to try to go for that, where they want to give some sort of exclusive game every other month or close to it to drive subscriptions and stuff, at least, you know, we'll have to see how that plays out. But, um, so I don't know if you heard, Jez, but uh, Hellblade might be making its way uh, to the Xbox. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a game that I've owned on. This is like you and Monsanto. I, I own Hellblade on PC, never got around to playing it. Mm. But everyone, everyone, raves about that game hellblade it's, it's amazing i'm more likely to play if it's on xbox to be honest yeah and by the way gotta give a shout out to daniel j who used super chat a little bit ago to say hey jazz meow yeah, yeah. that's my avatar. I, I like cats yeah. Yeah. send I me mean, cat pictures on twitter if you ever want to cheer me up send me cat pictures I so like apparently this has been leaked on the different ratings boards like the tight tight like taiwan's rating board and a few others um, it was always a game that was described as first on PlayStation, not exclusive to PlayStation. Yeah. Um, so it's really no surprise to me that it's coming. I'm just, I'm just kind of curious to like 
when it's coming. Because usually when this stuff happens, it's pretty soon. I know a lot of people are like, well, maybe a year from now, like a year from the original release date, which was August, so they'll come out in August. But I'm not sure the game would be rated right now if it wasn't coming out soon. So I wouldn't be surprised if it comes out in April. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, be surprised either. I think it's like it's going to be one of those games that sort of appear out of nowhere. And it'll probably be pushed by Idea Xbox and stuff like that. And because uh, it, it is, it is an indie, you know, isn't it? Yeah. So, it was uh, a, it was it was a great game. So can't wait to look forward to the official announcement. It'd be interesting to see how they support the X as well. I know on the yeah. PlayStation 4 Pro they had a uh, resolution mode and a performance mode. Um, I would hope, hopefully, the same thing. You know, 60 frames and a resolution mode on the X, and see how much different it is than the Pro version. You know. Mm, I agree. Uh, and uh, Microsoft have this like thing where they encourage indie developers that come later to Xbox to sort of add something else to sweeten the deal. So it'd be interesting to see if they're throwing something extra for Xbox fans there. Skulldiff wants to know something about Ashen. I'm I'm not the person to ask about Ashen. That'd be Jazz. Yeah, I mean, Ashen's sort of gone quiet. I, I know the, the studio pretty well. I've interviewed the devs twice. I've played Ashen myself at E3. Ashen's going to be a big deal. I think it's 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 a truly special game. Very strange game. Like, uh, it has this sort of Dark Souls feel. It's not as hardcore as Dark Souls. It feels a bit more like playing The Witcher on a high difficulty. That's how I described it. And um, it's got this gorgeous cel-shaded aesthetic, bleak, bleak world. And um, the, the interesting thing about it is this sort of dynamic multiplayer where people just appear in your game like you'll you'll come to a door that requires two players to open it and if there's anyone waiting there using the microsoft cloud or whatever they'll they'll just sort of they'll just sort of appear in your peripheral vision like as if they'd always been there and then you can go off and do like a two-player dungeon together and, and stuff like that and take on a boss and uh, I played it at E3. The game was coming along really well. It, it already felt the demo they showed at E3 was so polished. It was like, it was my it was my pick for game of the show. Like I didn't like Crackdown Three and 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 State of Decay Two, which I saw at E3. None of those impressed me even half as much as Ashen did. Ashen looked great, but they've gone dark. They've gone silent because they're working on the game. Don't know if it's coming this year. Could be early next year, could be late next year, but I think um Ashen's gonna be a big when Ashen drops, it's gonna be a big deal. And uh I don't think it's gonna be fully Xbox exclusive either. I think PlayStation 4 fans, maybe even Switch fans will be able to get get in on the action at some point. But Ashen, keep an eye on Ashen. That yeah. game is stunning. Jazz, I got a I got a funny story for you. I shared this with you earlier, which we both had a laugh about. But uh, apparently, all the Oculus Rifts headsets across the world <laughs> all stopped working today uh, because of a technical oversight on their part. Uh, the uh, reports were flooding in that the, the Oculus client was no longer launching applications. <laughs> blah 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 blah. And I just got to start thinking: Can you imagine if this happened to Xbox or PlayStation or the Switch? Like, if oh, one wow. day, literally. Every single Xbox One hooked up to the internet and was updated, stopped working, and was down for days. Or PlayStations. Can you imagine what, like, what, like the fear and the anger that people would? Hit, like, oh my god! Yeah, you, you've hit the nail on the head there, Ron. Because like nobody really cares about all Oculus Rifts being bricked because nobody's using them. 
they're all sitting in drawers gathering dust because nobody uses them because VR headsets are so inconvenient. It's just funny how much of a screw up this is. I mean, it's due to some like expired certificate or something. Like they forgot to update a certificate, and um, uh, as a result, it's bricked all the update software for the Oculus Rift. So people who've tried to run an update on it, they've become locked out of their headsets and they can't play any games and stuff. But the fact the fact that this isn't a bigger story kind of says it all about how popular that headset is. Which is not like, popular, because I don't think they even sold popular. a million of those things yet. Yeah, it's, it's funny. SpongeBob says they're all using it for VR chat. The thing is, I played VR chat. Nobody was using VR for VR chat because you can just play it with an Xbox controller on PC or a mouse and keyboard. Nobody was using VR chat in VR. I think like the only the only people that were using VR chat and VR were like us, and we weren't using Oculus headsets. And like it was funny because you can you can tell when someone's using VR for VR chat because their head moves around and their their arms move around because they're they're holding the controllers. Everyone was just playing it like it was a PC game. No one's using the VR headsets, man. It's like they're yeah. too inconvenient. This is like it's so funny. I just I don't like Facebook as a company, so anything that hurts them makes me happy. <laughs> and, I mean, it, 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 it like if this was Xbox or PlayStation or Switch, oh my god, like the It'd damage control. Like, can you imagine if it was like Xbox, the PlayStation dudes would be ribbon xbox dudes or if it was vice versa people would be going crazy like my xbox people people go crazy when like there's a problem with the digital like licenses on your xbox that happened for like three hours like when xbox live was down for what like uh, like four or five hours the other day people go nuts can you imagine for the system not working period for some length of time oh boy Um, booting it up and getting an error message Right or Steam? Can you imagine if you oh, know? God, it was Steam Steam's, went down. Steam and nobody, does all uh, those updates like every day. Steam gets like well, almost every day. It feels like Steam gets those like big updates and stuff. Can you imagine if like they delivered an update and then like Steam came back and it just blue screened your computer or something? Mm. No, but nobody cares about this Oculus Rift story because no, no one's using. I just, I just thought it was funny, but uh, it is funny. The other thing that I wanted to talk about was the Xbox uh, Spring update. Uh, you did a video about it on uh, the Windows Central. Um, what do you think about it, Jez? I mean, we got 1440p support for gaming monitors, um, a lot of updates to the clubs, the new spatial audio for, like, they changed the sounds while moving through the dashboard. Yeah, I actually for- like the new sounds. I, I always, Whenever they change something like that, I always know that everyone's going to come out like, oh, my God, I hate this. I need to t- need to They need to give me a way to turn it off. And it's just like... It's just sound effects when you're clicking on things. Is it really such a big deal? I kind of like the new sound effects, though, in any case, personally. Yeah. But um, this update's not particularly exciting, I think, for most no, people. It's not got, at all. Like, uh, I don't have a 1440p monitor, but congratulations if you do. The Xbox One X now supports it. And I'm the probably, S. Yeah, and the S. The S, too? Yeah, that's what it said in the release. The X oh. and the S. But I... um. I also, I'm probably not going to use that mixer, the mixer thing where you can let people control your controller remotely because why would I? <laughs> why, why would I let have someone get you a chicken dinner in PUBG? <laughs> not with that latency. But um, uh, what else? I think that's pretty much it for the major features. Yeah, right? I mean, I didn't, I, I made a video going over all the features, but like, I didn't really see 
any need to make any kind of like other videos for it because it, it was club stuff, which I don't think a lot of people care about, to be honest with you. Club, clubs are terrible. Um, it so was, bad. you know, the mixer thing, share controller is cool. I will say that. Like, I, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, um, it's interesting. But other than that, man, I don't, I don't know. Uh, hope, uh, hopefully, Microsoft there's a lot. Edge. Oh, I will say, I will tell you, say a couple of things about Microsoft Edge. Microsoft Edge. I mean, bef before Microsoft Edge was just basically Internet Explorer rebranded, the Windows 8 Internet Explorer rebranded. But now we have the true Microsoft Edge, which is true modern browser. So all those porn sites that wouldn't work on the Xbox One because they use modern video plugins, they will now work. Congratulations, Xbox mm. fans. <laughs> so yeah. Um sorry, I just had to say that, Ron. It's important for some people. Yeah. Um not me. I would never I would never look at that. That's just that's just naughty. I would never do that. So <laughs> I wanted I wanted to get your take on this uh Nintendo expected to overtake Microsoft in 2018 thing. Uh, um, oh yeah, I saw that. So uh, IHS market 2017 full year figures also show console market enjoyed the biggest growth in six years. Nintendo's expected to have a larger share of the console market than Microsoft this year as the Switch continues to perform well. They revealed that over $10 billion was spent globally on Xbox hardware, software, and services in 2017, while spending on Nintendo was around $8 billion. Um, and they said that Sony was clearly the, the leader and was over 20 billion for 2017. And they, they predict Sony to dip a little bit for this year, Microsoft to regress a little bit this year and Nintendo to surge past Microsoft for 2018. Mm, what do you think? Well, I think the predictions that Microsoft is going to contract are probably premature because I think game pass is going to be bigger than they realize especially because Microsoft are specifically spreading out their AAA games to keep people subscribed to Game Pass. So, like, expect Crackdown 3 to come out uh, at a very tactical few weeks at months after uh, State of Decay 2 does, and then expect another big game to come out a few few weeks, months after that, you know, to keep people rolling, ticking over on Game Pass. So, um, I would be surprised if Xbox revenue contracts year over year this year. I would be very surprised. But, you know, I'm not a big industry analyst. I'm not getting paid megabucks like these people. So what do I know, Ron? What I do don't I know. know? I mean, you know, there is the thought that, you know, uh, Nintendo's like predicting some 20 million units they're going to sell this year. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I know uh, Nintendo are going to do really well this year. Nintendo yeah. Are gonna, PlayStation, everyone, everyone's going to do well this year. But I, I just, those... Those comments about Microsoft shrinking, like they're year and year going down, I don't think. That's well, I mean, they, you know, they're they're getting to the point where they said that you're you're ending the, you know, the the console's life cycle. Some people say next year's the beginning of next gen or 2020, so we're coming to the end of it right now. But, um, mm. I mean, yeah, the Xbox One had its best January NPD ever. Of course, that's not like worldwide, and it's nobody really knows how much revenue game pass is going to drive i'm assuming playstation is going to sell just as well as it did who knows if nintendo is going to reach 25 million or whatever they're shooting for mm. but um yeah i mean i, I kind of thought because i've been asked this question when do i expect the switch to overtake xbox and i was like 2019 i didn't think it would be doing it 2018 at least for unit sales but 
I mean, number one, we'll never know how many units are out, out there from Microsoft unless they leak it or some third party leaks it, you know, because they don't want to talk about it. Mm. Um, I, so, I mean, does it matter if the Switch outsells Xbox? People will make fun of it, of course, but they already make fun of Xbox now as it is. So it wouldn't be anything different, you know? Yep. Um, but yeah, um, let's take a couple questions because I have to get off here soon to finish this paper. That is due in an hour and a half. <laughs> I'm writing a Sea of Thieves preview as well for tomorrow. Uh, not Sea of Thieves, Surviving Mars. Uh, Surviving Mars. Began, began with an S. I was almost there. But uh, yeah, so guys, give us your questions and then we'll take a few and then we'll yeah. get on out of here. That's right. Uh, if you're listening on uh, one of our on a podcast app or on iTunes, Thanks for your support and all that stuff. We really appreciate it. Just make sure you subscribe to Rand on YouTube as well for all these yeah. cool videos outside of the podcast. Yeah, and the, and the links to you know iTunes, Google Play Music, uh, SoundCloud, and the RSS feed, if you want to listen to it in the podcast apps, they're always in the description of the video, as well as the link to Jez's Twitter and my social stuff. And I just included the uh, friend code for the switch. If anybody wants to follow me on uh, PlayStation <laughs> switch and so Xbox, sad. I know. Right. A friend uh, code is so stupid, man. Oh my God. Man of but, leisure wants to know when is the Xbox spring sale? Uh, spring. Probably. Next question. <laughs> we probably just would have to look at when the la- the spring sale was last year to get a good. They'll, um, they'll, yeah. They'll probably drop it around when, you know, spring, schools are out for question or whatever. luke taylor rogue one wants to know when is the master chief collection patch ah Ooh. interesting and could this be could this master chief collection go into game pass a couple months after crackdown mm-hmm. good point like I patch would... it get it up to the x standards fix the game boom game pass yeah i think that's almost certainly coming to game pass mm. I don't know. We'll probably start. Maybe we'll hear something about it at E3. Maybe. Um, I don't. I honestly don't know though. Uh, I I imagine if like Crackdown's July, you could maybe maybe they do something with you know a fully patched version of the game for early September, and maybe they launch Forza Horizon in late September, early October. But it would be nice, maybe like an olive branch to be saying like, hey, sorry, we screwed up Master Chief Collection so bad, but now it's in Game Pass. Or maybe give it away with Games of Gold, I don't know. Games of Gold would be, be huge. I think um, I think they've probably made all the money they can make out of that game. So I wouldn't. it would be nice if they did that. Oh, Minecraft 4K update. No, I actually do know something about the 4K update. The 4K update has been significantly delayed, actually. <laughs> Well, they they never announced a launch date for Minecraft, uh, the Minecraft 4K stuff. I don't think. I think they just said early 2018. But um, one of the Minecraft team, it doesn't have many followers, actually told me on Twitter um, publicly. So it's not like um, not like um, it, they told me off the record or anything. They told me publicly that the, they found some issues with uh, the 4K stuff. In relation to the engine, because 4K Minecraft has had a complete engine rewrite for the Bedrock Edition, uh, which doesn't necessarily support 4K properly and all that sort of stuff. So that it's it's a bigger undertaking than they expected, or something along those lines. So it's actually going to take a little bit longer for the Minecraft 4K stuff. At least that's what at least that's what I said on Twitter. Mm. I'll um 
I'll dig I, I'll dig that out and probably write an article about it. Actually, I completely forgot that happened. But uh, last thing. Oh, and, and on that note, I also heard avatars have been delayed. Mm, yeah. Some that's answer somebody else's question in chat too. Uh, Dutch Artworks wants to know if we think the cloud exclusivity is going back to Xbox because David Vanderhaar, uh, who I guess is um, lead lead guy at uh, Treyarch, he changed his Twitter profile to an Xbox avatar. Oh really? So yeah, like, and I, I did I did look, and it is changed. So, um, do you think uh, do you think it's going back to Xbox this year? Oh, I wonder. This it could be interesting. This could be part of because uh, I know Microsoft are interested in doing deals with uh, publishers again, and it's not necessarily just because of Xbox, but also because of Mixer. So maybe they've done some sort of wide-ranging deal where it's like card esports or a mixer and DLC or on Xbox and stuff like that. I don't know. Um, maybe that's just. I mean, that's pure speculation. I don't know anything about those sorts of deals. But is it a big deal if they have this card exclusivity? This this sort of whole card exclusivity thing has become like controversial. It would be. It would be huge if they had the game exclusive. But I mean, just like that's the marketing. See, I don't know. Like. Sony, it's never gonna happen. Game exclusive? Never no, happen. obviously. And Activision always seems to go with whoever's the market leader. They went with Xbox last gen. They're going with PlayStation this gen. Not only for perf, you know, uh, not only with Call of Duty, but also with their other games as well, like the you know the rumored Spyro, the the Crash Bandicoot remaster, uh, Destiny and stuff. Like like all their games kind of had some PlayStation slant to it. And it's the market leader. I don't know like how long the deal was for Call of Duty. Um, uh, maybe somebody out there knows. I don't know what it was. Uh, I'm trying to think when did Sony get it, and I believe it was after Advanced Warfare, which was Infinite Warf. Infinite Warfare was the first game that Sony had. Did they only sign a two-year deal? Did they sign a three-year deal? I don't know. Um, Call of Duty is back, though. World War II is like the best-selling Call of Duty in years. Um yeah. And Sony did use the marketing wisely to kind of, you know, be like its own, like, you know, to make sure that nobody knew about really the X version of the game. So I don't know. I mean, could it help? Obviously, these companies think it's it helps somewhat. Otherwise, they wouldn't pay these enormous amounts of money for these deals. So there's some data that backs up that it is beneficial to them, right? Yeah. I mean, it depends. I mean, Phil, this would be the first time Phil... Phil has had an opportunity to make those deals since he joined the Microsoft uh, senior leadership team. So maybe it's like, yeah, they've got extra money to do these sorts mm. of things now because Phil's got more political clout than he had last year uh, when he wasn't on the senior leadership team. So who knows? It'd be interesting to see if that happens. Uh, yeah, people, people, people in chat are saying it was Black Ops 3 was the first PlayStation deal. Uh, okay. I, Which, I and this one's supposed to be Black Ops 4. I haven't um, really followed Call of Duty since um, Black Ops 1. What else, what else we got here? Uh, is Microsoft going to release those rumored games like Perfect Dark, the next Fable for next gen? I think so. I think Fable's the next gen game. I wouldn't be surprised if Perfect Dark is either. I think all the games that you heard about rumored are all in the pipeline for the next Xbox. Mm. In my opinion. I don't know. I don't know. I definitely, I definitely think Fable is without question. Maybe not Perfect Dark, but I definitely think Fable is. Um, Randall Thorne from Neds. He wants to know if Stated K2 is crossplay. I believe it is, right? PC and Xbox crossplay and play anywhere. 
I'm pretty sure that's true. Flamish Boy wants to know what's the next game I play on the Switch. That'll be Bayonetta 2. Uh, mm, Brand, do you think Michael Sellers is full of it? Yes, I kind of I've always thought that. <laughs> the dude just takes rumors wherever he finds them, whether they're on Reset Era or on Twitter or on 4chan, and then says it himself. Uh, he he he's a dude that's saying PS5 dev kits are already in the hands of of developers. And does 4chan still exist? I haven't been there in years. I'm gonna go know. there right now. Oh god, I regret it already. Close. Oh my god. Uh, OBJ wants to know if State of Decay 2 will be 60 frames on the X like the PC footage was shown by IGN. Mm. Uh, I mean, maybe there's a performance mode on the system for the X. May- I think performance mode would be a good shout. I'm still kind of wondering if CFT is going to have a performance mode. That would also be a good shot. Yeah. That would be great if like all Microsoft games had that option, a performance mode 60 frames. Yeah, I wish Microsoft would do that by policy and lead by example so other games would do that. I mean, 4K is better than 60 frames. Uh, 10, uh, 1080p, in my opinion. But, you know, we... we, we... <laughs> I can hear Ryan sigh in the background. Mm. We've had this discussion before. So yeah. Well, no, I was just saying like, you know, it's four. It's four thirty. I got to get going to do this paper. So, thanks for the question, guys. Uh, next week's podcast will be longer because uh, it is spring break. You know, don't know what that means. Will it be go crazy. Maybe it depends. I don't know. Something always happens every single week, unless for a couple <laughs> weeks there. It's like, what are we going to talk about? And then something always comes up to talk about. Um, so, thanks, guys, for listening on YouTube, uh, being in the chat, and uh, letting us know what your opinions are. We appreciate it. Thank you for listening on iTunes or Google Play or anywhere else you know the podcast is we appreciate it make sure you rate and comment and all that good stuff subscribe uh as for youtube uh make sure you you know thumbs up the podcast if you enjoyed the show uh subscribe to the channel if you want to see more content notifications you know all that good stuff and as for jez links in the bio as always to his twitter what do you got going on for the rest of the week jez uh rest of the week i am writing a surviving mars preview and interview with the devs so if you are interested in that game if you're a fan of city builders and stuff, definitely check that out on Windows Central. Um, other than that, I've got a boatload of headsets to review. I got tons of headsets from Astro, tons of headsets from uh, Steel Series and Plantronics. So if you are in the market for a headset, I'm the guy to ask. <laughs> That's right. So um, yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, we're also giving away Xbox One X on Windows Central. Um, so have a look around for that if you want to win an Xbox One X and. That's pretty much it for me. All All right. right. Well, thanks to uh, everybody for being in chat. Thanks for the guys who donated uh, through Super Chat. Really appreciate the support. And, uh, yeah, we will see you next week for a new episode of the Xbox 2 or the Switch 1. I don't know. Maybe we need to rename it or something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Later, guys. Have a good one. Take care, everybody.